Hello, and welcome to First 7-Inch Club, episode 86. First 7-Inch Club is a podcast where we dig up 7 inches from the past within the realms of hardcore, punk, and metal, and discuss whether or not they're worth being remembered. We also provide facts and trivia that we get from the internet and our own personal experiences. We don't consider ourselves know-it-alls or experts, but many other people do, and we're still doing good. We're still doing great out there. I haven't gotten any fucking complaints in, yeah. in months now. I am Mike, and with me is Scott. Mike. These days, I know you're kind of going through sort of like a comic book renaissance, and yep. uh, you know you might be going through some other changes too mm-hmm. in life and in your mm-hmm. body. Uh, I'm guessing you probably still use the toilet like most of us. Yep. But uh, I found you. I just pasted a little link in the chat. Um, I found uh, some really cool Doctor Doom poop bags that are oh. worth a look. Just if you want to check them out, um, they're really they they look authentically like like Old, a poop bag yeah. you get at a pet store. They're beautiful. The label is awesome, and it has the great slogan, only a lowly pawn leaves poop on the lawn. <laughs> uh, from top to bottom, this is one of my favorite like comic book junk products I've ever seen. I'm very excited about it. Uh, so get in on that. Anyway, these days also, Mike, uh, I, I have a lot of shit going on. Yep. This show that we do takes me about three days a week, and then I spend the other four days dreading the next show. <laughs> so seven days a week, I'm thinking about this show. And I don't get to watch a lot of movies. I, I used to be a movie guy, and it's gone. I can't I can't be trusted with two free hours anymore because I'll just rewatch Midnight Madness or Thank God It's Friday. Uh, but our guest tonight is under no such restrictions. No. This dude must have a nine-day work week because he's got like at least three podcasts. Uh, so please put your hands together for this week's guest, Liam. Liam, uh, welcome yeah, to the show. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I like the getting a little bit of like a half-assed applause break, too. That's, yeah. I like that a lot. That makes me feel very good. There's uh, more. Yeah, There's a little more. I, I mean, I'll say I'll say this. It helps that two of my three, Jesus Christ, uh, film podcasts are completely unreliable. Like mm-hmm. they just don't go regular. Like if I was like y'all and I was doing something weekly, yeah. uh, and I was doing multiple weekly things, it would murder. I couldn't actually do it. It's yeah. the fact that like horror business and cinepunks happen whenever we have fucking time. So mm-hmm. like, which I think is annoying, which is why we, we uh, one of the many reasons we probably aren't the most popular podcast is we'll just go like a month and then we'll have another month where we do three episodes because <laughs> I just had time that month. So I, I, yeah. that, that helps. But yeah, I do watch too many movies and not enough movies for fun. I watch a lot of movies for, yeah. you know, whatever this is. This isn't work, right? But it's like a, a, a hobby it's kind of like a hobby, I guess. So I watch a lot of movies for my hobby and not for funsies. It's a curse. I'd say it's a curse. Yeah. yeah that's and right, that's uh, right. this is also, th- this is the only reason I listen to music is <laughs> I listen to one record a week. It's just for the show. Yeah, one horrible record. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you <laughs> have, Liam, you have Cinepunks and then you have Horror Business and then you have Cinema Smorgasbord and then you mm-hmm. guest mm-hmm. on other podcasts. It's true. And, uh, so I don't know that that's a lot of shit, man. Like you were, you were, I know, I know. You were uh, like, I just said, Hey, you want to be on the podcast? And I, I gave it our day or day and time that we, we do this. And you're like, yeah, sure. And it was just, uh, you know, you don't have no recording schedules and you just watch all these movies. And I like, I don't, I don't know how you could ever enjoy movies anymore because, because <laughs> I did a movie podcast for a really long time. And yeah. I, ours was a little different. It was the only, it, it's still the only antagonistic podcast ever released where <laughs> maybe the host didn't like each other too much. And, yeah. And it, <laughs> and so all we did was fight, but, but maybe that's what made me hate the movie part. But do you like, do you, I don't, why don't you do like one podcast about movies and then like another podcast about something else? Like what, why do you, why do you need, why do you need to do three movie podcasts? Okay. Let's, th- this is, this is, let, 
there's organic reasons. It's not like you're acting like anything in life is logical. Okay. <laughs> like, like I'm sh- like, I'm sure people who listen to this show regularly, like I'm not as familiar with, let's call it the expanded uh, border boss universe, but I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with this show since it started. I've been stoked on the show and I listen to most episodes. There's a couple where you covered something where I'm like, I don't even want to hear them talk about this shit. But for the <laughs> most part, I listen to every episode and you always talk about these other random things. And I don't think you guys had a strategy meeting where you were like okay how are we going to take over the podcasting world yeah. uh well we got to talk about taco bell that's obviously going to blow up the fucking internet right like mm. you cover things just things happen so the first podcast was just cinepunks and it was just me and josh and 100 that show came out of the fact that me and josh joined something that was not meant for us the philadelphia film society mm. we thought oh we like movies we should join mm. a film society and it turns out uh the f- the film society for the most part, not all of them, but at least the Philly one at this time, uh, which was like 2010, I think uh, it was just for rich fucks who wanted to give money to something, not yeah. for people who actually liked movies. And we had such a shitty experience with it. To be fair, we had some cool experiences too, but it was generally shitty that that's where that podcast came out of. And then through having one podcast, my one friend was like, hey, I do this horror show, but it's just me, and I feel like I need a co-host. Would you do it with me? Yeah, I'd do that. And then Cinema Smorgasbord happened because I got asked to do Doug's show before this, a little show called Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, mm-hmm. in which Doug had, for some crazy reason, committed to cover the life and work of Eric Roberts, which I don't know if you guys been to Eric Roberts' IMDb <laughs> lately. It's extensive, I imagine. Impossible task. I mean, my man has been in like 800 films. So like, there's no way any human could do it. And so Cinema Smorgasbord just came out of the fact that me and Doug like recording together, but got tired of Eric Roberts, which is not to say (laughs) I got tired of him forever. We occasionally do Eric Roberts stuff, but like the idea that the only show we had was talking about Eric Roberts movies it's yeah. just, you can't do it. I mean, don't be wrong. The man has been in a surprising number of good movies, uh, but that surprising number is something like 15, and we did like 100 <laughs> episodes. So, like, <laughs> you're getting some real, some real shit. So, mm. I do want to say I briefly had a comic book podcast called The Flight Stuff, where we covered only Alpha Flight. Uh, but That's a that, good idea. <laughs> it, it sounds like a great idea, uh, unless one of your co-hosts, the minute John Byrne quit the quit writing Alpha Flight, our co-host quit wanting to do the show, so that no more flight stuff for us. <laughs> and then I have a show in the works with a friend that's also a comic book show, but um, we just haven't been able to make it happen. They're on a they're on a podcast that people actually listen to, so I think <laughs> their idea that they would have time for another podcast is maybe not realistic, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. If Hey, if anyone out there decides I'm not completely annoying and they want to do a show on something that isn't movies, hit me up because I'd really <laughs> like to do something else. I just, I haven't had that opportunity, honestly. What's that? Is, is it show the dollop, the one where the one guy doesn't know something and the other guy does? Is that what the dollop was? I like where, I think so. Yes, 100%. It, it's, it's, in fact, the reason I stopped listening to that show is when I realized, yeah. like, it's the same jokes every episode. It's just the one guy knows yeah. stuff and the other guy goes, oh, my God, dicks. And that's, yeah. that's just the whole show, you know? Well, my proposal is we do that with Alpha Flight because I never, I intentionally never read Alpha Flight. <laughs> so oh, the guy yeah. just goes, oh, wow, Canadians. Fucking yeah. <laughs> Who would read this? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that, like, uh, it gets bad pretty quickly. So I, th- I, I think what it boiled down to is 
I wanted to talk about Off of Flight because it was bad. And I don't know that our co-host, Adriana, who I, she's still great. She's involved in Cinepunks, but she just didn't want to do the show anymore because she realized she didn't have fun talking about shitty Alpha Flight, which I was <laughs> like, you knew it was going to get shitty. Why did we start this show? I don't know. That sounds pretty fun to me. But uh, yeah. I had pretty much most of Alpha Flight because I inherited a lot of comic books. And, sure, yeah. And I don't think I read any of them. And I love the X-Men. Like, X-Men is my shit. So I, I look at the covers that had, like, Wolverine or something on them, but I could never bring myself to actually read them. Yeah, uh, I do like I I like the I, the cinema smorgasbord idea is really good though because it's like it's like weekly mini podcasts basically where it's not uh, the same subject and that's a good idea if you're gonna do seventeen movie podcasts is to <laughs> to have like seventeen movie podcasts within one podcast. I appreciate that 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 one hundred percent just came out of the fact that we couldn't pick a topic so yeah. then we're like why should we pick we'll just do whatever the fuck we want and we still like it's crazy because cinema smorgasbord has in theory like eight shows nine shows that we do that we just cycle through and we've had people because we do so much random shit we've got at least four ideas that people have pitched to us that they want us to do in addition to what we're already doing and i just keep thinking why i don't understand but <laughs> you know whatever it, it for me i like I seem compared to normal people who don't obsess about things. Like I know a lot about movies in reality. I don't know a lot about movies. And so what these shows do, they're not about me sounding like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. They're about me learning things. And I like learning about movies. I like learning about other things too, though. So if someone <laughs> wants, I'll, I'll be, we can, like you said about the dollop, I I'd do that for someone who knows about like, anything philosophy yeah. sports world war ii history i'll be your straight man <laughs> if you know shit because i don't know shit and i would love that yeah i always i usually tend to listen to mo when as far as movie podcasts go i usually only listen to them if it's people normal people talking about movies i can't get down with the the egghead movie talk too much because uh it's just not for me uh but we do have other things unfortunately we have to yes, yes. wrap this up with liam because we are big dick patreon podcasters now real we serious so, we have so much shit uh but before i get that out of the way i gotta talk about my friend mr state of mind state of mind recordings.com uh he's he's a dude who has a uh a, a distro on the internet and every week we like to feature a record for you to go buy and uh this is uh this is liam adjacent i should have mentioned that uh we, originally the plan for this this episode started cutting the mr state of minds uh uh, <laughs> uh run promotional time with my own story but the reason we had liam on is because uh i have a clock cleaner seven inch and i was like oh liam's from philadelphia that that makes sense let's yeah. have him on and uh then i figured out it's some bum ass clock cleaner seven inch that's like a cover and it's a straight cover too it's not even like a clock cleaner cover and I was like, okay, we're going to have to do something else. So we're doing something else. But so uh, Liam's from Philadelphia. So I wanted to do something to tie it in, at least with State of Mind Recordings. And it's uh, the record by his co-host, Cross Keys, the Saviors LP, the the debut uh, record from Cross Keys. Uh, he, he's the co-host. Joey is the co-host of Cinepunks with Liam. So I figured I'd, I'd give them uh, State of Mind Recordings. They don't have the new. I don't think that's out yet, right? The new one's not out yet. Doesn't it's, come out till pre- May. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure he'll get that in. But until then, we have Cross Keys, Saviors LP, and not only does Mr. State of Mind Recordings have this on black vinyl, he also has it on blue vinyl, and he has the cassette. The cassette is only five dollars. I don't know how much the going rate for is for cassettes, <laughs> but that seems very cheap. So if you're a cassette person, 
uh, maybe maybe grab that because it's pretty cheap. And uh, I'm not I'm not I've listened to cross keys. I like cross keys, but there's a nice little write up about them, and I'm just gonna read that. Uh, hailing from one of the most celebrated DIY music scenes in the country, Philadelphia, PA's Cross Keys blend a perfect mix of melody and grit to create a unique, compelling sound that often is uh, that's often compared to Sam I Am, Gray Area, Boy Sets Fire, and Strike Anywhere. I don't know if I'd agree with that, but okay. Boy Sets Fire seems like such a fucking reach to me. Yeah, that's that's a reach. Uh, featuring former members of Kid Dynamite, Ink and Dagger, Good Riddance, and more, this band of Philly hardcore elder that statesmen. That's all one guy, by the way. That's just one guy. <laughs> That's how it works. Um, Philly Hardcore Elder Statesman offers up their debut 12-inch Saviors, seven songs of upbeat, catchy, hardcore punk that's sure to make it make its way to the soundtrack of your daily life. Uh, artwork by Jeremy Dean. 12-inch includes a digital download. This is on Black Vinyl, the Black Vinyl one. That's what I'm reading. And it's only 100 pressed on, on Black, so maybe that's the rare one. But yeah, I like Cross Keys because it's like melodic, kind of poppy, hardcore. Uh, but Joey brings kind of like a... Again, a normal person, I guess. I guess, uh, kind of sound to it. It doesn't sound like super, uh, like planned and polished, like a lot of these types of bands do. That I think that's 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 a problem with this genre of music to me. Is that it all got too polished? And Cross Keys, it doesn't have that kind of. They're trying to be on MTV polish yet. They sound like, you know, a, a, an actual melodic hardcore band, and that's pretty sweet. Uh, so if you don't have their debut LP, fourteen ninety five at stateofmindrecordings.com. And uh, you could you could go pick that up if you'd like. I think you told me I wasn't going to like Cross Keys. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I was going to give it a shot, and then Mike said you won't like it. So fuck it. I, I never listened to that. Yeah. I never will. <laughs> Sorry. There are. I, I feel like there are multiple podcast connections though, because you guys have covered Bo's oh, bands, yeah. who's in the band, and then also yeah. uh, you guys mentioned Solarized, and Josh used to be in Solarized. So like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's th- multiple connections to the to the world. I will say. I mean, I'll say it because he's my friend, and <laughs> so uh, if you don't like what a lot of a lot of times on the show they say they say wussy music you know <laughs> if you don't like soft guy music cross keys it's got a little more uh dynamism than a lot of soft guy music but it is yeah. a little soft I, what i like about it for me I, and i'll tell you what the early cross key stuff i said to josh i love you it's not for me what eventually it won me over i think is that the, the amount of energy to it and uh the fact that josh is like I think I'm sorry. I call him Joey because of his fucking internet thing. I'm. I feel like an asshole now. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. To be clear, a lot of people call him Joey, and I just thought, oh, he's called him Joey. That's cute. Yeah. I, that's totally fine. He would not be offended at that at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I just think it has a lot more energy, and I think Josh is a good um, lyricist. So I like, I like what he's writing down. I've heard the new record. It's not the full length. It's not out yet. It's really great. They, they, they're putting this out with some labels but it's it's kind of self uh put out like they, they have some help from people but uh one of the members of the band helped start a label to just like get the record out there uh so i gotta say like if you do like what they do please buy a record i just think that's would be great for me this is kind of the most soft music i like within hardcore like i listen to a lot of soft guy music but it's all soft guy music that isn't you wouldn't say it's hardcore at all when i hear this it's still within the realm of hardcore and part of that is probably because everyone in the band has spent time in hardcore this isn't like a bunch of people who they've never been in a hardcore band before like everyone in the band has spent time in some i think very good hardcore bands and i think that energy is present even if the music is trying to be as you said a little bit more on the sam i end sam i am end of things you know 
Yeah. I don't think it's that wimpy at all. I just <laughs> think it's, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. I don't. I, if, if it was wimpy, I wouldn't listen to it. So I just think it's a little. It's melodic. I like melodic hardcore. I just don't think it really exists anymore. So I always uh, jump on a band when I when I hear them. I mean, it. I I feel you. I wish more bands sounded like Crosskeys, and, and and that's part of like as old dudes. I think it's not easy for them to find shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So. And that's stateofmindrecordings.com. Uh, $4 <laughs> flat rate shipping. So uh, check them out. Also, as I promised, we do a Patreon. It's uh, new to us. This is We're actually recording our second full-length Patreon episode tonight. But uh, yeah, if you want to sign up, it's First 7-Inch Club or patreon.com slash First 7-Inch Club. Two tiers, very cheap, $2, $5. Uh, both tiers get two bonus episodes per month and along with a bunch of other extra stuff. Usually the bonus episodes aren't really related to first seven inch club they sort of are tonight we're going to be talking about battle vests so uh that's that's music related so mm-hmm. there's that but um but yeah sign up it's two dollars five dollars and as i promised the uh first uh, first episode of the month i will shout out our five dollar patreon members i'm going to do that now and it's already too many people so this is the, the <laughs> this is this is the last this is the last time that uh as dj Khaled would say we are suffering from success right now so um, this is the last time we'll be reading this at the top of the show. This is going to go at the end of the show from, from now on because it, it's too much. But um, And I don't want to dox anybody, too. I think with Patreon, you can you can make your display name say anything you want. So you can make it say, like, I suck dicks, and then I'm going to have to say I suck dicks yeah. uh, at the beginning of the month. So, you know, use that to your advantage. So I'm not going to dox anybody that has their real last name. But uh, AV, thanks a lot. Five bucks. Aaron, Aaron, our friend Aaron that we're in bands with. Uh, thanks a lot. Five bucks. CJ. I don't know you, CJ. Charles, a.k.a. Chuck. He's in a new band called Spirit Killer. And uh, check them out. Thank you. $5. Chris B. I don't know you, Chris B. Dan. One Dan. Uh, Dan, And then there's a Dan B. Dan B. We we, uh, we reviewed his band uh, several episodes ago. Torchbearer. He's uh, he's in there. And he still, he still likes us, even though we reviewed his band. Uh, Dan G. $5. Dave. Uh, thank you. Dave State of Mind. Mr. State of Mind himself. Pledging $5. That's great. Uh, Dave V, old friend Dave V, he's, he's also from Long Island, like Dave studied of mine, and he's in Albany for a while now. He's in New York. Another Dave, Dave S, thank you. Uh, Ed, Ed, who is the guy who came up with the Battle Vest idea, so he's kind of a producer, Ed, for at least one Patreon episode, basically. Yeah. Um, Eric, thanks you for the $5. Another Eric, Eric S, $5. Fred Durst, famous celebrity uh, from a band called I knew Limp we'd Biscuit. get him. I knew yeah. if we talked about Limp Bizkit enough, we'd get yeah. him. So I knew Fred it. Durst is uh, giving us $5. I, I'm sure we can make a higher tier, and he would he would pledge that because he's rich. <laughs> uh, Fritz. I don't know if that's your real name, Fritz, but thank you for the 5 Oh, he's uh, that. It's not even uh, it's not even an American money. It's, uh, it's cat money. Yes, yeah. So thank you, Fritz. Uh, John, John T., thank you. It's another John T., John Torn, old friend John T- Torn, does Mate Super Records. He'd uh, put out that Dissolve record not too long ago. Check that out. Uh, Joshua, thank you. Keenan, thank you. Keith, thank you. Listener Subi, thank you. So Carl, Carl already knows that you can change your uh, your name, so he put Listener Subi. So good for him. <laughs> uh, Matt D, thank you, Matt D. Matt, no, Matthew, thank you. Michael, not me, a different guy, different guy. Mouth of Infinity, longtime listener, always promotes our shit. Uh, Nicholas, thank you. Patrick, Patrick, who supplied the Drowning Room seven inch, and it's going to supply the seven inch for our next episode too. So uh, thank you, Patrick. Wow. He does Ground Zero Slam Distro. Check out Ground Zero Slam. Uh, Philip, thank you. Sawyer from Kissing Contest. Check. Uh, thank you, Sawyer. Thank you. Uh, Timothy, thank you. Um, Wobbly Greg, also a longtime listener from Kissing Contest day- days. And finally, Zach 
from upstate New York, drummer for a lot of bands, including uh, currently Maniac. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you for the five dollars. So that's it for the five dollars Patreons. Uh, sorry for the people who aren't Patreons and weren't in that exclusive club of me reading your name, yeah. and you probably hated every minute of it. But uh, you got to do what you got to do when you got the Patreon. But we will put that at the end of the show, hopefully next time. Okay, finally we can get on with the goddamn show today. As I said. We were supposed to do a clock cleaner seven inch and last minute I panicked and uh, I was I had the pile of records that the clock cleaner was in and I pulled out a baby go pal seven inch that I, I also bought Jesus Christ. It's, it's still a Philadelphia connection because this is from Sit and Spin Records in Philadelphia. Yeah. Sure, so, sure. So so I was like, well it's still full Philadelphia connection there. So I um, wanna say I hit up multiple people for stories about clock cleaner and <laughs> the responses I got were Oh man, I don't know any crazy sharky stories. Just the basic stuff, like when he peed on a crowd once. Yeah. That's the sort of material we could have had. And then yeah. I had to say, "Never mind, guys. We're <laughs> doing baby Gopal." That's right. <laughs> um, it is a uh, a secret mission of mine to review every possible Krishna seven inch there is out there. So <laughs> this is a cross and a big one off the list for me. Uh, this is Baby Gopal's nineteen ninety five seven inch Shiva. And um, for you guys who who don't know about them, they were from. You know, technically, I think they're from New York, but they're from all over, really. And uh, the whole deal with them is the singer at the time, uh, Sri Kasava, uh, she was dating or married to Ray Capo, one or the other. Mm -hmm. And um, they were very, they did not really fit in with, <laughs> with, uh, with the hardcore sound of the 90s, I'll say. They're very, no. uh, like you know time like your your memory gets foggy and so at this point i was like i think they were just trying to really rip off no doubt and i that's definitely true but they no doubt kind of popped off the same time these guys showed up so i don't i don't know like maybe later on but i don't know if that was always the kind of uh the idea here but it seemed like it always seemed like something where ray was trying to cash in on something without <laughs> without like pimping out shelter basically like yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have my girlfriend or my wife do this uh this kind of poppy, no doubt style alt rock band, mm -hmm. and uh, here we are. We're reviewing it. So <laughs> this is their first seven inch. They had this seven inch Shiva on Get Go Records, and then they had another seven inch called Boys Against Girls, which is also on Get Go. And um, I am pretty positive. I haven't heard Boys Against Girls, but I'm pretty pretty positive they're both in the same recording session, and they they both ended up on the Baby Go Pal uh, full length on Victory Records, which was already a jump where you're like, what's going on? Like this band. Yeah. isn't good they're immediately on victory records like what the fuck is going on <laughs> so that was always weird they also have an unheard of like it's been erased from history a tommy boy record so they're really grinding because tommy boy is a pretty huge label in the 90s yeah. and they didn't even really cover like this type of music so i think they saw that that no doubt money and they're like let's get our own no doubt so they signed uh baby go pal and i actually don't know if they broke up or if they just <laughs> i don't know what happened but it, they just kind of disappeared after that but um, I have seen them a couple times, but one time I didn't really see them. They played a show, and I can't remember because the, the brain is foggy, but I think it was it was either a Hatebreed show or it was a Hatebreed show that Hatebreed ended up canceling last minute. But either way, what happened was the la Baby Gopal was supposed to headline. I don't know if they were always supposed to headline, but there were when something happened. And uh, whatever the last Connecticut band played was, everybody left. And it was literally just like me and a few other people standing <laughs> around because we we're kids and we didn't have anything else to do, 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, uh, we're not going to play. And they just left. And, you know, at the time I was like, what a bunch of cheese dicks. But now I'm like, I respect that. I would have <laughs> definitely fucking left too, um, you know, after having s- similar experiences in my life. So I understand that. But uh, it, that no big loss because they weren't good. Like It wasn't even one of those things you could pretend to be good. And I don't know if anybody really ever genuinely liked them or maybe they liked them because they were Krishna and they were also cri- and there was only so many Krishna bands a, a fellow Krishna could listen to. But I never knew anybody to really, really like these these guys. And I figured, hey, I'm old now. Let's talk about the record. Maybe it's it's secretly good. Maybe I've matured and maybe I can respect mm-hmm. the music of Baby Gopal. So we're here. I have a little doxing, not too much. Um, Because bo- most of these people are they're pretty much on the internet and they're pretty normal. Like they're not, you know, I don't know. They're, they're not like they, they made a bad record. They're not, I don't think they're bad people. They just had a bad idea. <laughs> they are young. Oh, and I should say, cause I didn't, I didn't really highlight any of it, but there's a New York times article that is like 75,000 words about these guys. Yeah. Uh, that was written in 1995. Jesus like, Christ. I didn't and, no idea. Yeah. And, Dance. and you, I mean, you could just search baby go It's one of the first things that pop up or baby go new york times and it'll pop up and it's like <laughs> it's them when they're starting out and it makes it sound it kind of makes it sound like uh shri or aka kim is kind of the puppet master of the, gr- the group and i always assumed it was ray so i don't really know what's true there but it's like her like you know how, like how a show goes but it's very 90s when it was still like mysterious to like <laughs> go to like an underground rock show so there's talks about uh, close cropped haircuts with black with like black shirts and and grim faces and stuff like that. There's Piercings, a lot of yeah, there's tattoos. A lot, yeah, there, there's a lot of that like fucking flowery language for just dorks, and it's 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 pretty great. It's a little slice of life, and uh, it's 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 kind of confusing too. But like I said, it makes them sound like they're really trying hard to make it, and uh, that wasn't a cool thing in 1995 for a hardcore band to do. No. So it was it was really weird because I'm sure they got this set up somehow. This wasn't like somebody stumbling on this band's first starting out and like i need to write about them in the new york times i'm sure this is like some setup so it's just weird to to see how open they were <laughs> with trying to be famous mm-hmm. uh when they were just playing like shitty shows and there's opening shitty shows and they're already trying to be famous and and uh that just wasn't cool and hardcore but you know whatever um so anyway sri kasava aka kim shopov um she was the singer she's australian australian and australian. Uh, she used to, like I said, she's either married or just dated Greg Capo for a while. Uh, she's done some solo stuff as Shri, and um, she's back in Australia, and uh, she does music with her partner, Joaquin, I think that's how you say but it's very weird. I uh, I suggest anybody go to her Instagram. I don't know how to explain it without maybe getting canceled, but it's like, it's very much like hype Indian music, but <laughs> it's like... She's, you know, she's, she's, uh, she's white. She's Australian. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a cool, like, a cool thing that you can do. I'm not sure. Did um, she, did she also do Project Kate? Is that, is no, that that's, her? No, that's a different one. Uh, <laughs> I had no Oh, idea. you fell for it. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no. So, like, I, like, you know, since people are into it, she's, she's still Krishna, which is blew my mind. I just assumed she'd be a, she'd be a normal person at this point, but no, she's still into it. Uh, she, she plays like, it's like techno, like hard techno, but her like, you know, singing over it. So hard I don't know. Techno. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. If uh, it's, it's weird, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely a sound. Um, Alex Garcia Rivera was a drummer. He's probably the most famous guy from the band. He was in, in a million bands, including American nightmare. 
Uh, get high. We're, we're good. Face the enemy. 454 big block. He was in Piebald for a minute. He's a. Uh, more recently in a band called Blood Horse and another band called. Um, fuck, did I erase it? Uh, well, he, I don't think Probe he's on this Brass. record. I don't what? think he's on this record anyway. This No, he is on this record. Is he? It says on the bottom, Alex Garcia Rivera played drums on this record. Oh, okay. I just, I went yeah. for the other guy. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I didn't even look that guy up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, he's been in a bunch of shit. His more recent band was Chrome Over Brass. Uh, he even has credits for bands that like he's not even credited on his discogs. He played, uh, speaking of last week's featured record, he played a gong on a Coliseum record. So Whoa. he has that credit. <laughs> He's also, unfortunately, something he would probably like to forget along with this Baby Go Pal project is uh, he played drums on the Never Surrender stuff, which is uh, yeah. a band our <laughs> friends got roped into with Porcel. Yeah. So, so he probably would like to forget about that, too. He runs and owns a recording studio in Medford, Massachusetts called Mystic Valley Recordings. And um, it's an all analog studio, which I don't know much about recording, but I assume those, that's pretty rare to have an all analog studio these days. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if expensive. you're looking, if you're looking for that weird retro shit, I assume uh, search him out. Um, yeah. Graham Land was the guitarist. We talked about him in the Shelter episode uh, several months ago. He's uh, from England originally. He was in Shelter. He's in Battery. He's in Better Than a Thousand. He was in Worlds Collide. He now lives in Sweden. He's a copywriter slash creative writer. And like I said, I think you could be filled in more if you go listen to that Shelter episode. Alex Burke, a.k.a. Ray, uh, was the bassist. Can't find anything on her. There is like even, there's like all music forums where they're like not sure who's who. She has like credits on her discogs, but it's not her. It's yeah. uh, so it's just it's it's just like a catch-all name, like Alan Smithy, where there's like anybody Alex Burke goes to this discogs page. <laughs> um, and uh, Nate, Nate from Gloom Records, he, uh, he, he DM'd us and said there's somebody named Samantha from Albany that was in the band. I couldn't find anything on her, so I don't know if uh, Nate's trying to fuck us up or what. But, <laughs> but I mean, I think you know, I think they went through a lot of bases because that New York Times article is talking about like them getting fill-in bases and stuff. So I don't know, but allegedly they have an Albany connection. But yeah, that's what I got for Baby Go Pal. Okay, so Ray, I I did a lot of work trying to find her, and uh, the only thing that she's actually in that New York Times article mentioned twice yeah yeah but she's mentioned <laughs> as ray and then she's mentioned as alex and there's no there's no like clarification it's just like oh i guess they have two bases so it's yeah. it's it's, it's, uh, it's bad work bad work well it, the funny thing is that it says twice that uh she moved back to oregon to get her braces removed and never came back and no one's ever <laughs> from her since. so she's like yeah guys i gotta get my braces off and quit maybe <laughs> go pound spot but uh you know um Shri actually comments on a lot of Baby Go Polly YouTube videos and stuff. She's still out there, like, keeping the flame alive. And there's, like, one of the videos where she said, hey, the bassist in this video is Catherine. I I forget her last name. Sorry. So even she doesn't remember who, like, all the people that play bass in her band anymore. So, like, okay. And so then, is, it, is it Alex Burke? Is that the person on this actual I think thing they're two with? different people. I think Ray is one person. I think Alex might be another person. This is credited, like, on the record sleeve, this is uh, on the lyric sheet. Which must be different from what the back. I, just, I didn't. I didn't cross reference with the back. I guess, but the lyric sheet says that it's Shree, Ray, Trey, and uh, Gra- and Graham's other name. Uh, uh, yeah, Gayatri. Gayatri. Yeah. And so I, I looked up those people, and Trey is most likely Trey Files, who also he played in Shelter a little bit, and he's this guy's breaking my heart because this dude is a trained classical, like world music percussionist. He did a lot of orchestral experimental stuff. He, he fronted a percussion ensemble for 15 years. He taught music at Vassar for 10 years. <laughs> now this motherfucker's an accountant. 
Like he's probably eating way better now as an accountant, but that's not cool. Like being ex, being the ex hardcore guy in a percussion ensemble, that's cool. Accountant's not cool. Uh, Graham Gayatri, we talked about him. Uh, I, back then I mentioned he was interviewed in the End Hits Record podcast, and I would say he speaks pretty dismissively of this band. Uh, <laughs> uh, he kind of he cops to recording the seven inches. And then he says anything that made it to the album is just a demo that he's not credited. He's in the pictures, but he's not credited. And he does, he just kind of, he doesn't, you know, claim, he doesn't claim that record. <laughs> and, uh, he said that that, he said that the band was pretty much on course to be signed to Caroline. Like this label is actually part of Caroline and okay. they were supposed to be signed to Caroline. And the whole team from Caroline Records showed up to see them at this showcase that they booked around Baby Gopal. Like maybe they were the centerpiece of the show. And the, they said the band sounded so different live that the whole deal tanked oh, that night. God. Immediately, like th- they were like, "What the? F- what are you guys playing?" <laughs> and he doesn't. Act, I don't think he says they were bad live. He doesn't go that far. But that's what he's getting at. And he says he very politely says that the the live show didn't come together, and that's why he decided to quit. And uh, he there was he says it's like an experiment to see if he liked that indie rock life, and then he flopped and you know and he quit yeah. Krishna as well. So that was <laughs> wow. Like, uh, one mild counterpoint, though, is like my very loose and sloppy Googling turned up more than one place where they say that like Graham's guitar playing was kind of the thing in the band and kind of like the yeah the thing that like songwriting and stuff that kind of made made the band work. So the jury's really out on whether this guy was, was uh, into it or not. Uh, yeah, but he's he's uh, I think he's from America and then he moved to England and he's back. But he's an American. Um, he's got an American oh. accent and everything. And um I mentioned in the shelter episode that he had done a, an environmentalist podcast called hybrid bears. And I finally got some time to listen to it. And it's pretty much just him and a lady who might be his wife joking about environmentalism, just making jokes about bears. And, uh, <laughs> oh it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Like he's, I think he's an okay guy, despite being better than a thousand. I think he's probably all right. <laughs> and, uh, Shree is still out there. She's still online. She's still aware of the baby Copal footprint online. And, and, uh, uh, the New York times article, they ask her about moving here from Australia. And I think she says like New York was the biggest media hub in the world. So I, I think she came here for a reason. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, she managed to book a tour before she had a band. Baby yeah. Gopal didn't exist before she had already booked the band's first tour. And that's, that's really moving Jesus and shaking. Christ. And, uh, so this band didn't pan out and she moved to LA and she took up Indian dancing and singing. And I've seen her sing and play the harmonium, which is that little squeeze box that the Christians yeah, all play. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's, it's, I guess it's okay. I don't know if it's good or bad. It seems, seems a little bit fishy to be uh, singing. <laughs> I don't know. But, but uh, yeah. she very, the, the global party people is her thing. You could tell by the name global party people what's up. I don't probably don't need to tell you anything else. I could just tell you that she does something techno called global party people. Mm-hmm. We could wrap it up there, but I'm going to tell you more because <laughs> they have a Patreon with two patrons. They have a, <laughs> they have a song called Bitcoin techno anthem. Huh. That seems to have been a pro Bitcoin song. And it looks <laughs> like it was, it looks like it was released around the time of that whole wall street bets thing to try and cash in on it. It even uses some of that, like to the moon language, you know, diamond hands to the moon, all that shit. It uses some of that. And the song was pushed as a TikTok and Instagram sound to use and uh drum roll. They also made NFTs to go with it. So, uh, of course, pretty yeah, so, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty stuff. cool. Pretty she, uh, she, that's, that's you're very, very modern, very hip. Yeah, that is when uh, a lot of Christians are into that stuff these days. They're, they're, yeah, the crypto they're Bitcoin. <laughs> it's it's not. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I mean, it's not physical, so it's not yeah. a you know physical. It's decentralized, man. Yeah. It's decentralized. Uh, she did have a blog back in the 2010s. I thought about going for broken reading it, but it's really wordy, and it's mainly about a book she was writing 
about her Krishna journey kind of, but also like she says this, this is not me. She says it's sort of focused around the men she dated along the way. Hmm. So it's kind of just like a romantic journal of becoming Krishna. (laughs) It's very wordy. So I passed, but she also was keeping a real estate blog at the same time. Uh, and was a re- and people comment on her Instagram asking her if she's still doing the real estate thing, which seems she doesn't answer that question. So uh-huh. uh, I guess real estate didn't go well. Uh, uh, in fairness, she looks happy and healthy and seems yeah. to be traveling the world doing this cryptocurrency party DJ bullshit. So Mazel Tov to her. <laughs> I feel like this was a double setup in a way because I I thought we were doing Clock Cleaner, which by the way of all the Philly bands you've covered on this show is the only one I have no actual connection to. Like <laughs> I have a personal connection to almost every band you've talked about for Philadelphia and mm-hmm. then clock cleaner. I'm like, I know Sharky's name. Uh, <laughs> uh, my only interaction with Sharky is uh, I'm friends with uh, that dude, Mike Berdan, who does uniform now, but he was in a lot of different bands uh sort of sort of uh in that youth attack realm of bands uh yeah. but he does a lot of people know that band uniform now that he does when that band was first starting they were opening for sharky's band dark blue and i was trying to interview mike before the show for cinepunks and sharky did a fake sound check just so we couldn't record the podcast so that that was my one interaction and then That's we switched a pro to, move right there I like oh that. it was it was actually really good but i was like that was my only story so then you switch to baby go paul i'm like well i have no connection to baby go paul i literally <laughs> this was like i'm sure that i'm not the only one but when that uh victory remember that victory video came yep. out that was all the bands that was the first time i heard baby go paul was on that thing and i was like what the, what the fuck is this? You know, so I, I thought, oh, whatever. But then when I started thinking about it, I do have, uh, well, one weird connection is that I'm friends with multiple people who are in that band Encounter. And one of the guys from Encounter briefly played with the Baby Go Paul. But my other connection was, uh, so, and this is partly why it feels like a setup, because we switched to Baby Go Paul, a Krishna band, right? Yeah. Yep. And I am many people's uh, embarrassing Jesus friend. Now, if you uh if you know any actual Christians, they would think of me as like I don't count, you know, I I don't really mm-hmm. believe a lot of the things that Christians are supposed to believe, but I did yeah. go to seminary. My wife is a pastor. I'm like I'm I'm for a lot of people, I'm the one church guy they know even though mm-hmm. I don't go to church anymore. So putting me on the Krishna one, it's just so easy for Jesus people to dunk on Krishnas in a way that's like mm-hmm. it's just silly, it's just very unfair even though I think Hari Krishna is very silly in its own way. Mm-hmm. I just thought like fuck, I'm going to be so tempted to talk about you know, Krishna stuff. And that's not cool, especially because I kind of like some Krishna bands. Like I was a big Prima head when they were a band. So, uh, so I thought, Oh, that's a bit of a setup. And then I remembered thinking about the Jesus stuff and how I felt like Mike was setting me up to be some sort of embarrassing Christian person on the show that people can make fun of. Mm -hmm. I thought about it. And I remembered, uh, when I was in seminary, I went to Princeton theological seminary. Uh, I wanted to get a PhD afterwards in the, in religious studies, uh, I actually really wanted to w- write about um, Christology and black exploitation films, but funny enough, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so uh, w- one day when I was at school, I was working in the mailroom because I was poor and I had to work my way through seminary. And uh, someone came up and they're like, Liam, we were talking about you in class today. And I was like, really? W- why is that? So they had visitors to the world religions class from the Hare Krishna temple, the closest one they could find, which is in New York. Mm-hmm. They come down to Princeton to talk about Hare Krishna. And so one of the questions people had was, how did you get into this? And all three people were like, oh, uh, straight edge vegan stuff. I was I was yep. straight edge. I was going to hardcore shows. That's how I got into Hare Krishna. And funny enough, 
and this kind of shows where Princeton is at as a fucking institution. Not one goddamn person in the room knew what the fuck they were talking about. <laughs> not just about straight edge either. Punk and hardcore. They were like, I don't what what are we talking about here? And one person had to go, guys, 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 I got it. Liam. And everyone went, oh, Liam, okay. And that left these three people going, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, what is this about? So I ran over to like meet these people and they were like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm the only person in like the history of the school who's like been in a hardcore band. Sorry, guys. So, you know, like I was like the one person. And so we started talking and it turned out that like one of these people who was there was like best friends with uh what is her name again Shri or whatever Shri yeah, was, yeah 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 it was like one of her best friends and that was how she got into Krishna was because of baby Gopal oh. and then the other person was like oh I know Ray really well and it was just so random to me like these were not just people who like vaguely heard about Krishna these were like actual like youth crew people who had made the transition with ray and other shelter adjacent people into krishna like they were mm -hmm. part of that whole so i'm like sitting there thinking no one in this room appreciates this little bit of hardcore mm -hmm. history that's in the fucking yeah. room right now the one person was like yeah i was at baby gopal's first show like i should think that was really cool and i was like yeah yeah cool man i guess that is <laughs> that sucks yeah. for you man <laughs> yeah i know that's what i wanted to say so that was my only other connection was like randomly i was the only cultural reference that anyone at this fucking institution had to what these guys were talking about about how they got into krishna otherwise like this was I think only the first time I've listened to a full Baby Gopal release was for this. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I was kind of stoked to find out that uh, New Jersey Legends Encounter had a member who played with Baby Gopal for a while, which they're <laughs> not legends at all. But I, I did like Encounter. <laughs> uh, you're, but I, I just want to, like, jump in that I don't think you're going to be the only one who's going to make the Kato 8. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that wasn't. I, I'm so glad you clarified that for me because yeah. it's not just in my head. People have said it to me, like man, Baby Gopal and Project K. So it's like, fuck, I yeah. can't believe it's not. That's just like the well, internet should have taken that away from us, and people are still saying it. But they're mostly people in their 40s. So the internet doesn't talk about Project K a whole lot. No. We have yeah, to. That's fair. That's <laughs> we fair. have to bring up Project K. There was somebody, and I can't remember, I don't think it was Kate, but there was somebody in the New York Times article where they were like, oh, her boyfriend's in shelter, and she left the band to go join, uh, start a band with her boyfriend, and I don't know what band that was, so I don't think it was Project Kate, though, but. No. Um, anyways, this was on Get Go Records, and I'm glad Scott clarified this was some kind of Caroline plant, because yeah. this is like a record label that released nine things uh, mm -hmm. from 94 to 99, and I've heard of none of them, and they've all pretty much failed. Except for Granddaddy. Granddaddy is the only band that survived yeah. Get Go Records, who they're still around today. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard one Granddaddy song, but they are a band that exists. And I <laughs> guess they at one point were groomed for being on Caroline, and I don't yeah. think it worked out, because I don't think, 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 think yeah. they were. But most of the, uh, these other bands were kind of like one-and-done type things, or just like they, ne they never really went anywhere. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's Granddaddy, uh, Sincola, Combine, Feast of Saints, Baby Gopal. Capsize Seven, The Witch Hazel, Granddaddy, and Five Story Fall. And that, that was uh, Get Go Records. Yeah, everybody, if you click into any of the ones that actually survived this label, they're all on Caroline. Yeah. And, uh -huh. Except Granddaddy is not, but they're on V2, which was like a Virgin Records version of Caroline that was affiliated with Caroline. Okay. So I think it was like, that's why they got to be <laughs> famous <laughs> and not sync. Uh, probably because they went to the, the better version of something. So Graham said that Caroline passed these guys because they sucked live. So I watched the video of them playing live on YouTube. And, you know, it's not 
great. But I also, I dug up like a video of Veruca Salt playing on MTV in 94. It's no better. (laughs) It's not any better. And I'm not saying either thing is great. What I, you've seen them live a a couple times, so you could tell me better, but they seem on par with 90s buzz bands. A lot of those bands sucked live and, and were big. I've uh, never seen like a '90s buzz band in the '90s though, so that's a problem. I don't, I can't really compare it. The only thing I I remember like, and this this wasn't so, this was also something I saw on TV, but I remember when when new metal became a thing and uh, Kitty blew up. Yeah. I remember they had like oh. a live performance on like MTV or something, and I was like, wow, they are horrible. Like yeah. they are <laughs> beyond awful at playing music. And that was like the only time I've really noticed a live kind of big band just being completely awful. They they had so many things going for. I mean, the singers are attractive. Yeah. The band was the band plays okay. So they must have really blown it that night. <laughs> they have to have like really fucking whiffed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we have any idea what any of these bands sounded like? Like I've never heard of even one of the other bands. On they're this, all different. This they're thing. all totally different. Yeah, they're all totally different. Granddaddy. I think I I I'm not going to do this justice, but I think that they're kind of like uh maybe like who's the aeroplane over the sea band yeah neutral, oh neutral uh, milk neutral hotel. yeah i think yeah. It, they're, they're kind of something yeah, like between that are. something between that and radiohead yeah but yeah they're all totally different and this was this label looks like it existed as a net a fishing net to see yeah. what they could turn into the next nirvana and it seems like it uh as we get into the packaging the it comes with like a little insert flyer that you would find in like real hardcore records so they they yeah. seem to have their air to the streets or like you know, just like a, a fucking barnacle, just attaching themselves to a scene <laughs> and just being like, you know, we'll trick them, we'll we'll make these seven inches that they like so much, and they'll uh they'll fall for it, and then then we'll sign these bands. But yeah, but yeah. Anyways, uh, we can get this record out onto a tray. <laughs> nice. I want to. I actually want to start off with the actual record label on this because mm. Baby Gopal has used this symbol on a bunch of things or this drawing, and what yeah. it is, it's uh Pico Chan from the Milky. Uh, candy from japan it's her dressed up as uh you know whoever some hari krishna Krishna. yeah krishna Krishna, yeah Yeah. and uh it looks really cool but i have like a very strong feeling that she tried to pass this off because i assume she drew it too i that she tried to pass this off as like an original drawing (laughs) and uh because the amount they use it the amount of things they use it on I have a very bad feeling about that, and and back in the '90s, you could you can get away with that. I don't think Milky Candy was was big in the '90s and right. in America, but um, you can get it in most stores. Not you know not all stores, but you can get it in stores. And Pico Chan's right on the cover, so mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's a little less impressive. It's a good idea. It's a good rip off idea. Um, I've always liked the Baby Gopal label because it, it reminds me of the '90s and when uh wearing gas station shirts was cool because basically it's a gas station patch yeah yeah, it's uh, very much in that thing they use a layered lettering pretty good it's not it's not a stroke it's a layer and that's uh pretty cool i like it uh but yeah the the cover itself is just yellow with that that baby gopal logo is nothing much to it it's just as uh ellipses shiva as if uh there was a beginning to that statement but and you know (laughs) the back is just uh pictures of the people in the band and then the insert, which is just the the back, the inside cover, is uh, it's a bunch of doodles, and I actually like the doodles. I yeah. like them a lot. The uh, there's like a baby Gopal sort of like semi graffiti type thing with like a city, and there's like doodles that kind of relate to the songs, and all the song lyrics are in handwriting. What I don't like is there's a lot of empty space, and 
I just <laughs> feel like whoever put laid, laid this out was like, oh fuck, I hit like the wrong button or something, and it's too too late to expand it because there's a lot <laughs> of empty space. Like you could have put many more doodles in there or something, but it's uh, it looks real amateur. Like they should have really filled this out because, like I said, I do love the doodles. It's just uh, very plain with all the empty space. But yeah, it's a fine cover for an industry plant record label that uh, <laughs> wants you to trick you into thinking that they are they are down with the scene. Yeah. I would have been fooled back in the day. It looks it looks pretty, um, you know, looks pretty legit because it's kind of shitty like you know it's just a shitty times new roman font all over the place looks yeah. cheap um yeah. i think this originally came with a sticker mine didn't come with a sticker but uh yeah i think this would have fooled me back in the day like by the time they were on victory is i think when most people heard of them it was obvious what they were trying to do but you know yeah. if i saw this before that i would have been like oh, i'll check this out i like krishna stuff but mm-hmm. and then i would have been uh, very disappointed but yeah it, I, it's a fine cover for what it is i think <laughs> I hate the gas station attendant cover, <laughs> but you know, seeing what they did when they got the victory budget, things could have been way worse. So, uh, I think the back cover is fine, but uh, the fact that they're in, they're an indie rock band that was shooting for stardom, I think that's visible from space uh, okay. on, the, on this back cover. I think it, like those photos are the, are such a classic, like famous band's first record photo shoot. You know, it just screams it. Um, yeah, the the Times New Roman all over the sleeve. Like once upon a time, there were before there were like systems in place and standards. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people would just go to like their uncle's print shop, yeah. or like or your buddy who worked at a newspaper and just have them churn out a cover on their spare time. And that's why a lot of '80s and '90s records will be sort of tasteful but mild and have really simple layouts and like correct but bland typography. Uh, I I have a record like that in my own catalog that we just went to some <laughs> some uncle and he like uh, used the fonts that were on the computer that prints in the building, and that's what you get. Um, the, the milky tribute baby Krishna is amazing. Uh, I kind of dig the get go records logo, but of course they had Caroline money. So of course they made a, a good logo. So fuck them. <laughs> I love the lyric sheet on this. I, th- I almost think that the white space works because it makes it look more outsidery. Like okay. this looks almost manic and, f- and fucking freaky, freako <laughs> to have like this tiny little font handwriting and just a couple of these weird, tiny little doodles next to it. And then all this white space. That's psychotic to me. And, um, <laughs> that actually that that actually works into something a note for the song. So maybe yeah. maybe you're correct. Maybe this is pur- purposely psychotic. <laughs> uh, I, the cartoons are great. They're they're borderline stupid, and that's what I really like about them. If you actually look at what they are, they're kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that that handwriting goes with it perfectly because that handwriting is nuts. And um, I don't know what's going on with the graffiti city. There's like Wizard of Oz, <laughs> King Kong. One of the one of the guitarists is shredding on the rooftop <laughs> just by himself. Uh, it's really forced. It's about as forced as anything as ever I've ever seen. It should be in a museum for like forced artwork. And uh, the artist who made these cartoons is still out there. He makes a really oh, it's not her. I just assumed it was her. No, uh, this is a guy who makes a badly, badly cutesy comic called Dear Tiny Seppuku or Seppuku. Oh boy! About oh a little God. blobby skeleton guy who gives romantic advice from the perspective of a nice guy, a nice uh, like a Reddit <laughs> nice guy. And uh, oh boy, <laughs> I read a few entries into Batsy. It's not it's not mean. It's just that kind of like, oh, I wish girls would like me. I'm a nice guy kind of stuff. And, uh, <laughs> uh, here's where here's where you got to start, baby. Go for <laughs> Oh yeah, lyric sheet by Ken Curso. Okay. Yeah. In yep. 2023, I fucking hate the gas station thing. Yeah, 1994. I see this. I mean, to be fair, eventually I did see this. Very. I mean, I don't know if this is a dollar store for you guys thing, but <laughs> I saw this in the dollar bin at many a record store. Yeah. But by that point, I had heard them, and and 
and her later, I, I would say what where they end up is even worse than where they are on this, but we'll get to that. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I never picked it up because I kind of knew like, oh no, not that. But uh, <laughs> I think this, in the 90s, this would appeal, this, to me, this looks like a cool t-shirt until maybe like 97. And then I think by then I'd go, I don't know, the gas station thing's kind of played out. But, yeah, you know, yeah. 94, I see this shit, I'm picking it up. You know, Shiva? What the fuck is Shiva? I don't know. I haven't had a religious <laughs> studies class yet. I don't know what that is. You know, so like, I, I, I'm into that. I, I gotta say, I agree with you on the back cover being like, we're going for it. But when I take the back cover in sort of concert with the doodles, because the thing that we're not saying about these doodles, that I kind of want to say. So on the first one, uh, we've got a, another cityscape, and you've got, uh, I, I guess that's, Sh- I don't know, there's a deity, I don't know if that's Shiva, it's not Krishna, I don't know what <laughs> deity this is yeah. supposed to be next to the Shiva lyrics, but on the one with the city, there's also these like kids playing, but the kids look like corny, trying to be punk rock, it's like a girl yeah. with the thing, and I guess it's supposed to maybe represent the, the people in the band, but yep. you could also look at it and say like, oh, this is like, it, it kind of gives me the vibe of like, hey, we're from New York, and we, we, we're we from hardcore too, and we're part of that world, and sure, when you put <laughs> this record on, it's not going to sound anything like that world, right. but because of our haircut and vibe, you should associate it with that world. And uh, I think there was a lot of shit in the 90s that like confused me because it would give me these vibes of like, okay, skinhead girl haircut, backwards hat, we've got Mm -hmm. sort of a graffiti thing going on here with the thing. All right, these folks are going to be hardcore. (laughs) And then you put it on, you're like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> and I think like that's looking at this now, I'm sort of having like a weird like high school PTSD about the sorts of things that I bought and then found out that I did not want them. But yeah. but I was sold on them because of shit like this, because of the signals, you know, I saw a pair of creepers and I think some cool people wear those maybe i don't know i'll check it out and then nope yeah. i regret this you know so yeah there was a, there was a, a band called orangutan in the 90s who were before this who <laughs> yeah. had a dollar bin staple or f- maybe free bin staple no one was paying a dollar for this sure it was called the rewards of cruelty and their name was written in the the gas station uh <laughs> logo on the front so from then on i knew if you're written your logo is in a gas station you were probably a plant you were <laughs> you were a dollar bin band <laughs> Uh, I, I did forget to mention on the back, they have their correspondence since 305 Skimmerhorn Street in Brooklyn. And uh, I, from from living there, from living in the big city, I know that's prime real estate now. So I looked it up and oh. it's still it's still a Krishna temple. And it says in the New York Times that they were living in the Krishna temple at the time. And I'm yeah. shocked it's still there because it's, uh, it's definitely a place that was probably a, a very big dump at the time. But uh, yeah. now it's, it's definitely rich people living there. And it's also right across from the Hoyt Skimmerhorn stop, which is... Uh, where a lot of famous things were filmed, including the <laughs> Michael Jackson bad video. So mm. a lot of talent coming out of that corner. Mm. You got Baby Gopal, you got Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. pretty much the same shit. Uh, I also want to point out they're kind of ahead of the curve with this anime-looking uh, uh, cartoon girl, o- only in that I think in current hardcore parlance, anime shit seems to be pretty cool. Like yeah. maybe maybe it's sort of gone a little out of fashion in 2023, but in the last like three or four years, a lot of bands with random unrelated anime on their shirts. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if this came out now and people did hear the music, just having that logo, people would be like, oh, what is this? Like they might get <laughs> stoked on it. You know? Oh yeah. All bets are off now. And this, uh, this also has like a blocky graffiti thing, like bugging or something like that going on. So they'd yeah. be famous. They'd be super famous off this three song demo. <laughs> Uh, speaking of three songs, this is we're going to get into the music now, and this is in fact three songs. 
Um, the very odd two songs on one side, one song on the B side, but that's how you do it. So you don't ever need to flip it. You yep. listen to those first two songs and you're like, I've heard enough. Uh, <laughs> this goes back in the sleeve. So, uh, the first track on side A is called Shiva. So uh, this is this I think is on literally every single thing they've ever released outside of their second seven inch. It's um, it's all the way up until their Tommy Boy stuff, which they like they even put out like a Tommy Boy, uh, like a teaser, and it's even on that too. So it's li- like it's a song like they really believed in this song. Like they were like this is the one from the the jump, and this is the only one that well, the only one on this record that Ray Capo didn't write. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it, they even have a video for this, so yep. they're just like you know this this is our song, and it's not that good. It's uh, it's <laughs> and I should mention before I even get into the song is the sound on this record fucking blows. I don't know if it was the way I recorded it. I don't think so. It's I record everything the same exact way, uh, but it's like mixed horribly, and I'm pretty sure this is the same recording that's on their Victory Records, and that sounds fine. So, um. I don't know. I, I I don't know what happened, but it sounds awful. If you really need to hear this, just uh, search for it on Spotify because it's on Spotify. Um, and all these all these songs are on their their debut CD. So and so is the second seven inch. But um, so yeah, this song isn't great. It's uh, just kind of boring alt rock. It's not really. It's 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 trying very hard to be catchy, and it's it's forced. Even like the what is supposed to be a catchy chorus is uh, just like somebody saying syllables because like the it's too lyrically deep into Krishna. It's even deeper than Shelter ever was. And it's like, <laughs> she's like saying shit that no one knows what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. Um, the chorus is, re- what is it? It's uh, the co- What is supposed to be a chorus is demigods say how desirable to get a birth at Vraja. That's not something that teens in the <laughs> 90s want to sing about like in their car or whatever. So I'm finger pointing now, dude. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah, and the, the whole the whole record, the whole song is like that. It's just like very deep Krishna symbolism, and yeah. um, it's just a it's a it's a bad deal to be like this is this is going to be our hit. This is the one that's going to take us to the top. But I mean, it carried them to Tommy Boy, even though no one's ever heard of them. But mm-hmm. um, so I guess it worked on some people somehow. I don't like I said. I think it's just the no doubt kind of comparison. Um, so the singer Kim or whatever. Tree has a very high pitched vocals, very very uh, shrill high pitched vocals, and um, it, they double them up too, which usually is a good thing to like. It makes you sound better, but it's worse. It's just like she almost sounds like a transformer <laughs> or something. Like it's just very high pitched. Um, it, it hurts me. Um, I th- and I I had like a galaxy brain idea, and I think I'm I'm probably giving them too much credit that maybe she was like, I want to try and sound like Asha Bosley because that's the only indian singer (laughs) any white person knows and i was like i could see that but i don't like i said i'm probably giving them too much credit um what else did i have here uh yeah it's just like the other thing is like 
I didn't know this at the time, but now I know that she's from Australia. And uh, I don't know... When you kind of follow around with along with the lyrics, you kind of understand like her Australian accent. But if you just go in blindly, it just sounds like a very weird like I don't know. It sounds like she's trying to like sing with an American inflection, but it doesn't work. So it's just yeah. like every few syllables, it sounds very southern or like just alien or something. And mm-hmm. that's not to her benefit either. <laughs> that's not a thing that's gonna get you on the radio when you're pronouncing things kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, and uh, lastly, like I said, this has a video, and I am man enough to admit that the video really creeps me out. It's a very creepy video. <laughs> it's not meant to be creepy at all, but there's a lot of shots of uh, her singing that are like, her face is like six inches too close in the shot. Like six inches <laughs> yeah. too close to the camera. And it's very like, it's it's like, you know, it makes you uncomfortable. And I don't know who directed the video. I don't know if they, I assume they, they're on a very cheap budget, but that was a bad idea because... Um, outside of that, there's a blue person running around that's supposed to be Shiva, I assume. And that's mm. kind of creepy. It's a very creepy video. I I, I uh, suggest checking it out, but it's a uh, creepy video, not a great song. What do you guys think? I found an old issue of Book Your Own Fucking Life where uh, Baby Gopal advertised themselves, obviously. Yeah. And uh, they advertised themselves as sounding like Juliana Hatfield and Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> and I, I, I. I'll maybe give them Smashing Pumpkins, but Shri is as far as you can get from Julianne Hatfield, uh, <laughs> kind of. Like, Julianne Hatfield styles basically singing with no effect, just as flat, and just as flat as a voice can come out of someone's head, basically. And Shri is 100% affectation. Like, she sounds like she's doing an impression all the time. It sounds like Betty Boop, or like <laughs> old, old-timey, old like someone doing an old-timey actor, like, come up and see me sometime, like that kind of stuff or something. And yeah, these are some really challenging lyrics to deliver artistically. <laughs> I don't think I could learn anything from a Harry Krishna about Harry Krishna from a Harry Krishna core band. No. Like I Googled this concept. I Googled the thing about Shiva wanting to be a stone in the road. I couldn't find anything. I don't know if she made that up or, or if, like, because it, it's the, they, everything that I hear from th- these people, everything I hear from these people is like a new story. I, Krishna got up to so much shit, and who are these other gods? What are they doing? Krishna got up to so much shit. There's so many names. There's, I don't know, but uh, I think like I'm guessing it can only be found on paper leaflets in 80s airports. That's where you get all your 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 information from, and it's not on the internet anymore. I never made it to the internet. Um, this I, I'll say this is more like energetic and straightforward than I was thinking because, uh, like Liam, I was thinking of Kate of uh, Project Kate. I heard Project Kate. And it's kind of bland grunge, which would mix with bland folk. I'm not going to look for more of that. Like, if, if more of that's coming out, I'm like, ah, I don't know. So, uh, th- this is kind of better and worse than I was thinking is where I kind of land. Yeah, it's so I, I, when I was listening to it, I kept trying to reach for something that felt a little intangible to me that like, I kept thinking of bands that don't sound like this, but I associate with this. So like. I thought of uh, that band Ashes, uh, just yeah, because yeah. of like that whole '90s. We we have a female vocalist, but they're doing they're not screaming; they're doing something else. Yeah. I also thought of that band Whirlpool, but I think that was like uh, I had a I had one of those Rev uh, comps, and it was on there, and I was really confused by it. So I think I just was feeling confused by this, and I was really trying to reach like what is the thing, and then I realized something that Mike had already said. 
this song, Shiva, is a song they just put on a lot of different things. So yeah. the thing I was reaching for when I was listening, why is this? There's something very 90s. There's something like adjacent <laughs> about the. It's this song. Yeah. I was I, I knew this song from having watched that fucking victory style <laughs> video of number of times and thinking, God damn it, what are they even doing with this song? So like, there's, I mean, I. I I think if this was trying to just be bland pop rock, I would actually like it more. Can I say that? Is that offensive to say? That's no. just how I feel. Like, <laughs> no, I kind of feel that way about the second yeah. track. So, yeah, yeah, I, I just feel like this song. It's like it's not that it's doing something interesting per se, but it is doing guitar wise. I think something a little bit more. It's trying to have a little bit of a riffiness to it yep. while delivering something that is not that different than alternative pop stuff and like. I'll own. I like Wussy Me. I'd rather listen to Promise Ring, Bell and Sebastian, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'd listen to all that shit above whatever this song is trying to do. <laughs> fully knowing that in the 90s, at a VFW somewhere, I heard bands that were trying to do something like this that were way worse than this band. So, like, if if this is something you like, maybe this is like a a a, a better a best case scenario for this sort of shit. But yeah. just listening to it in 2023 and being so confused by what's happening, I just found myself getting annoyed. Like, I almost wish they were going for it more if going for it means accessible music, because this is like, it's it just doesn't work. And I know part of that really is her vocals, which we're, we're kind of hammering on, and I don't want to spend too much time on, but it's just like, I don't understand what she's singing. It It feels, again, it would make more sense if the music was heavy. And mm -hmm. she was trying to sing pretty over it, kind of off the regular time signature. That's when yeah. you get kind of vocals like this, because it's kind of jumping over, like, what do I do? But the song isn't that weird. You could just sing normal vocals over this. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know that that's her vibe. And so this song, it's it was just, it was a bit of a mindfuck for me, because I realized the thing I was reaching for was just the other versions of this <laughs> fucking song, which I've heard before. Yeah, it came out every single year of the 90s. So you're... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so they, we we gotta bum out new people. Put that song out again, so they really know we don't we don't give a fuck about anything. Uh, yeah. so the next track is called Sandcastles. all one word which is uh weird that's not how you spell sandcastle <laughs> yeah, I, don't, but, I don't think that's right <laughs> i don't i guess that's deep meaning to them i don't know um so i think this is the best song out of three because it combines what sucks about the first song and the third song and kind of makes like a balanced kind of suckiness where you're just like okay this is fine i can deal with this this, this doesn't have any super jagged edges that really stab me in the, the gut this is just kind of again as liam said bland radio rock Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, the lyrics are bad, but they're still at least pop sensible in a way. They're not telling you some made-up fairy tale. And uh, it's something that somebody could sing along to. Not me, but somebody out there could probably sing along to this. And uh, yeah, this just... I don't have many other notes. This just basically sounds like the seventh filler track on a one-hit wonder CD. So, <laughs> And I think, like, I think that's their lane. Like, that's fine. There's... 
There's tons of 90s bands that no one remembers that never even, they maybe had one video, if that. And uh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is what they should really um, hang their hat on is this Sandcastle song. And, and ditch the Shiva, ditch the really forced trying to be a radio poppet. Just uh, settle into what you really are, which is bland radio rock from the 90s that's maybe a little too edgy for actual radio. <laughs> I think the uh, the old-timey cartoon character voice is raging out of control on this song. <laughs> and that kind of with the muddy vinyl sound, it when I was listening to it, I kept thinking it sounded like a really inexpensive PS1 game somehow. <laughs> like it, it sounded like music that you'd find on, yeah. as a clue on a radio or something like that in a <laughs> problem-solving game. And I think it's really funny to trust some hardcore dudes to help write your crossover pop sensation song because <laughs> their solution is to do metallic chugs. But keep it major key though, so people will like it. <laughs> and um, the, th the third line of this chorus is like reaching for something minor key. And it's kind of like what Liam said about the other song that every once in a while they're like flirting with being post hardcore or something else, grunge or something else. <laughs> and that two seconds of the song is kind of cool. But you know what's it doing in the song? Like, what? Why did you bother? Like, <laughs> wh like you just suddenly backed away from the precipice of pop pop stardom, and we're like, wait a minute, no, we're still artists. And then <laughs> they do that like multi-layered fugue of the cartoon lady voices in the bridge, <laughs> and uh, that's very ambitious and rare to do uh, all those layers of vocals like that. I think the my favorite part though is that Ray wrote this or wrote the lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I just love the idea of him sitting down to write a song about loss, impermanence. <laughs> and acceptance but it's for his wife and he's like well she's a girl so it should probably be about like snowman and sunshine and sandcastles and stuff like that you know <laughs> i appreciate the chugs a little bit right but it is it is a very 90s thing like i even towards the later part of the 90s i had a, a friend and an older uh hardcore friend who uh wanted to start an emo project and he's like will you be my emo band i didn't have the heart to tell him like Yo, man, I don't play an instrument. And I do not have the fucking vocals for an emo band. But he just was convinced this was going to work. And so much of the shit he wrote was just slightly less aggressive 90s chugging. It's like you just can't get away from the chugging. Everybody yeah. is chugging. And he even showed me while he was like, showed me some of the stuff he's writing. He's like, yeah, you got to do the palm thing, man. It's the palm. And I just thought, what what are we trying to be here? Like, I, I was confused. And, and, and hearing, hearing this, I kind of wonder if he thought we were going to be uh you know baby go paul with my vocals over top which yeah i that would have been horrifying i don't know i not, not that i would i think i could sing better than she does on this but i i don't know that for a fact maybe i would have been worse who knows but uh yeah i don't know this is the whole thing again i don't want to dunk on the krishna thing too hard but yeah. you know this is a it is a song about loss but it is a loss where it's like yeah eventually everyone will die but that's yep. fine because none of this matters. You know, like yep. I, yep. there's a certain thing where like it's hard to write a melancholy song when the underlying ethos underneath the song is all of this hurts, but that's why you should stop caring about it because it's attachment <laughs> and it's really it, it kind of like takes away the sting a little bit in a way that's like feels counterproductive to me. Still, yeah. I do think this song is a less of a brain fuck than the last song mm. but honestly the first couple times i listened to this i was so confused by the first song this song ended before i realized the next song had started <laughs> because i was still going 
what the fuck is going on with this Shiva song? And then this song would be over, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I wasn't paying attention. I had to go back and <laughs> listen again, you know, and whatever. But, yeah, it's it's not as, it's not as again, I shouldn't say offensive, but it's not as annoying as the first song, but it's still not a song that makes sense to me for a band that really is. It's 1994. It's not like no one's heard popular rock and roll music before. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you'd think they'd be able to have something that was at least a little catchy to normal people, and this... Yeah. This is not a radio hit at all. No. Yeah. Uh, so the last track on side B is Govardhan. This starts off like something I, I might be into. It's a little more my tempo, which is slow tempo. And uh, But then it's just, it's after the intro, it kind of turns into like real boring, warm milk guitar work. Like it's just, they could have, this guy could have just looped this. He's, all he's doing is changing chords every once in a while, but it's pretty <laughs> much this, the same guitar part throughout the song. He hits the distortion and uh, that's it, man. He doesn't even fucking have anything. He moves his hands anywhere. He just hits the distortion and keeps going. Uh, the drummer is trying to make it a little more interesting, and I respect him for that. Doesn't really work, but he's trying. It's a uh, pretty b- boring, boring guitar riff, so he's doing his best. Um, yeah, this song is just like it's like watching one of those Volkswagen buses just slowly riding down the flattest, least bumpy road imaginable. <laughs> but it's a song. It's just that. It's just the the flattest fucking straight line song ever. Um, the sounds like a like after listening to this whole these three tracks though this definitely sounds like a band that has to have an ill-advised rap part somewhere in their discography <laughs> so, yeah yeah so now i have to listen to their to their two other records because it has to be there somewhere there has to be a rap part so i'm going to be checking out the rest of baby go pal um but in closing as bad as this is i don't think it's worse than any of the later shelter records so yeah. there's that they 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 yeah. ray Ray would go on to write even worse trying to get on the radio music after this so um, so at least they could stick that in their cap yeah I recommend checking out Bitcoin Techno Anthem it has a little <laughs> bit of a rap I think it's got some rapping in it um, so somewhere somewhere in, in the stuff I read about them uh, I got the impression that they were known a little bit for kind of this obviously i know this is wrong but i got the impression that they were known for downplaying the krishna thing a little bit 
to kind of prove that Krishna devotees can be well-rounded <laughs> and that they have like their emotions and the thoughts of their own to sing about and stuff like they, they didn't just come out and sing about all Krishna, but here we are three songs in with <laughs> <laughs> three for three, all Krishna. And, uh, you know, the lyrics of this song kind of like, you know, why am I leading this toxic craven life in the fallen world of the big city when I could have this simple pastoral life yeah. with sacred cows in India. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe in the nineties, that was still a, a viable worldview. <laughs> 2023 we're we're beyond the eat pray love world uh it's been two decades of like rich fitness celebrities dragging yoga and spirituality to death behind like yeah. their porsche cayennes and uh i can't take another white kid fantasizing about living in india <laughs> like, the pastoral uh spiritual beautiful life that they'd have living in india on a mountain in india and uh you know, global warming is going to get India too. It's going to get, it's, we're all going to burn to death. You're going to burn with me, uh, even if you hide out there. So, uh, and this has strummy, folky parts to boot. So it's just too fucking much. This is, this song's too much, way too far. And it got a whole side to itself. It's, <laughs> you had to flip the record to hear this. <laughs> the side thing is an intolerable cruelty to me. Like I just, when I put on this whole thing and it's just this one song, I thought if I had this record, I'd be so fucking pissed. I got up, I walked all the way over to my record player and I flipped it over for this fucking thing. I, I think that would have set me off. I got to defend though, what are truly not great sort of lyrical content Yeah, simply because, so I, I have been in a number of bands, but none of them were real bands because we never recorded anything. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, they all sort of failed. And only one of my bands ever recorded, and it was my band in college. And I'm a pretty chill guy now, you know, like I, I, I don't want to get into sort of the complications of it all. But like, though, I, you know, though I still consider myself a participant in a faith group, the way my shit functions is I'm basically like an agnostic because I, I don't think you have to be certain about anything. But yeah. in college, I was a fucking asshole. And so the two records we did are filled with all kinds of weird shit. And it's harder when you're stoked on Jesus, right? Because all the Jesus shit is everywhere. Like if you, even if you didn't grow up with churchy parents, some Jesus shit made its way into TV and movies and stuff. So you have a vague idea. I mean, you at least did Christmas, you know, let alone, you know, we, you might've even done Easter regardless of what your upbringing was. So if I wanted my shit to sound cool, and obscure, which is what I fucking wanted because I grew up listening to like shelter records and stuff. I had to yeah. work hard. And so both of those, you know, they they were really like EPs or demos, but both of the songs I wrote lyrics for, those are bad. They're embarrassing lyrics. And this <laughs> is their first thing, right? And as far as I can tell, this is her first project. So like, I'm sure when she's writing this fucking shit, she feels like she's blowing minds here. She's bringing them the secret truths. She's she's delving into the lore, so to speak. And uh, anyone who's written anything knows when you're delving this hard into the lore, you're just alienating the audience. Nobody, yeah. you feed them the lore slowly. You give it to them in bits and pieces, especially when the lore is about being on a hill with a cow. Uh, and you're and you're playing for in theory a New York hardcore audience. Not a lot of people are who are used to hearing about boots and braces and fighting in the streets are like, yeah, cow on a hill. I get that. That makes sense. <laughs> like, I I just I just think like as much as I think, especially Shiva, those lyrics are are a nightmare. But um, as much as I want to make fun of them, I do get a little defensive because I know the the one thing I recorded, all the lyrics are dumb just just dumb and so like i get it like when you your first time you likely though there are exceptions to this rule but likely especially if you have a cause you do the most embarrassing version of the cause you don't do 
the 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 thing that is going to be relatable. Uh, and 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 to be fair, even with terrible lyrics, you can have a catchy song. Like say what you want about you know various shelter records, but you know the message of the Bhagavad should not be a catchy song. And I could still <laughs> sing that off the top of my head, you know, and I haven't listened to it since 1998, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like that, everything about that song is embarrassing, but if you put it on right now, I'd be like, it's the message of the Bhagavad. You know, like it's in my head. Yeah. How did, how did, how did he fucking make that word something that anyone could remember what the fuck it is? So it's not that it, it, you can't have a poppy song. I think it's the combo of, the music not really vibing that makes yeah. these lyrics, which are also a bad idea, a bummer. And it's even worse that of all the of the three songs on this first outing, Shiva's the one we're going to hold on to. The most nightmare <laughs> lyrics on the thing. That's we're going to keep doing that. I think it makes it all a little bit difficult. But for me, I, I just I was thinking about this release and I or this particular song, and I thought, as annoyed as I am by the music on this. You know, I, I, I get it. You, it. Part of the appeal for some people to Krishna might have been a bit of a what, what's 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 the term Orientalism. You know, yeah, a, a yeah, bit yeah. of fetishization of the East. I guess is what we're thinking of. So I don't think that's exclusive. I don't think that's the only thing going on with people. But it seemed to be an aspect for some people is this idea of like I could be in India on a hill with a cow <laughs> and just making that for some reason the goal <laughs> of life. You know. And there you have it. There's the baby gold yeah. bell, seven inch Shiva. In a nutshell, um, I, at the end of these, I usually have a little rating system where I say either throw it in the trash, listen to it on streaming, uh, buy it in the bargain bin, which I did. I believe I, I paid maybe 50 cents for this. I think it was a quarter, actually. I think I paid a whole American <laughs> quarter for this. Uh, buy it for full price or buy it for collector's prices. I didn't check. Let's see. Let's see what the people on the streets are selling Baby Gopal Shiva for. I'm, I'm 26 assuming. cents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, two dollars is the, the lowest somebody will go. So I came up on this buying it for a quarter. Damn, uh, I would have to other otherwise pay two whole dollars for this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is not a collector's record. Although there are many people on here trying to get five bucks for this. Uh, good luck with that. But uh, as you know, as I've said on the shelter episode and probably many other episodes, I have kind of a infatuation with this Krishna hardcore from the nineties because it's such a it's such an odd thing. It's so weird. It's so foreign. It's some it's one of those things that should not make any sense and it doesn't make any sense but people just let it happen they're just like they shrug their shoulders and like it was the 90s it's okay and there's new krishna bands now there's one that just got signed to new age records and they're like all just wearing nikes and stuff and like that's oh, not the krishna i grew up with so like it's just <laughs> like i don't know it's just, it's just like you could just be krishna now and wear nikes yeah. and just be a band and yeah. that's fucking weird so i have no interest in that but i have more interest in this 90s stuff where like real white people joining like a fringe version of hinduism and living in temples and shit and like before the internet that's like yeah. real weird so i will never say throw this in the trash as bad as it is i'm gonna say listen to it on streaming just because i don't know man this is a real weird record because it's uh, <laughs> a fringe religion trying to cash it on a no doubt sound and it's bad like it's not good enough to be on the radio it's not as polished as really anything you would hear now like even kids in their bedrooms are making things that sound more polished than this now so yep. it's a it's a real weird uh time capsule as i said i can't prove it yet but there might be an ill-advised rap part somewhere in the full length on victory gotta, yeah. be, gotta be <laughs> it gotta be so just you know give it a spin see how bad it is have a little chuckle maybe you'll learn something about shiva or something else but uh yeah i can't, <laughs> can't really recommend this otherwise if she lapses into her full aussie aussie accent in the rap 
Yeah. That would be good. That would actually be really <laughs> That'd be very <laughs> like, fun. That would be very be fun. Super yeah. good. Um so the Victory Records page about Baby Gopal like basically says that they were, you know, sadly overlooked because of no doubt. Um okay. I think, okay. I th- Stop. I think they tried to be cute. I think Jesus they tried to be Christ. cute about it. I think it says something like, you know, they're overlooked because of a certain girl power band, and there's no doubt about who that is. It's yeah. it's like, wow, man. <laughs> Stop. And uh I mean, either way, that's some wishful thinking though. Because it's not like it's not like the world needed some form of no doubt to survive and there was only one slot. And like whoop, you know, whoops, baby go pow was a day late, so the no doubt guy. Like, I do see the direct comparison between the two singers. Obviously, they both started out with this weird cartoon pinup singing voice like gwen <laughs> sings in a weird voice too yeah she's doing an impression of something i don't that i don't enjoy i should kind of like <laughs> this singing not the way not her voice but i should like a song like this because i like when high register singers shoot for the stars with precise melodies and she does all these kind of nah, 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 like these weird little sharpshooter melodies that you have to like kind of hone in on and she hits the notes like she can hit the notes so she's like a talented singer who chose the worst way of all to sing. I don't know if I would like it, but I would tolerate it. Mm-hmm. But they were very much, they're really carpet bagging. Their, their fan base, as much as it is, is in the hardcore scene. That's the only people who, who bought this. Yeah. And that's like an ongoing bummer. I think it's really weird that, uh, that the punk scene has this cargo cult version of pop. They try to rebuild pop within punk somehow because so many punks secretly want to just listen to normal shit. You, you can just listen to normal shit. Like the Smashing Pumpkins are out there. You don't have to make a new one that's punk approved. Like and like, uh, you know, live with that. I think if you put that aside, though, all that stuff I just said, you put that aside. I don't think this is the worst indie sure. pop, like '90s yeah, yeah, indie yeah, pop yeah. I've ever heard. I don't think it's that bad. I, I've heard worse, and that was more popular. And I could see the teens with the beaded chokers liking this in like a context vacuum. Um, I just I hate this genre. I hate what they're doing. <laughs> I hate what they tried to do, and I hate what they ended up with. So. You know, I don't like 90s grungy, post-grungy indie pop at all. You could test me. Test me. I hate it all. Name a, name a 90s guitar pop band. I most definitely hate it. So I give this record 1.5 disco reference ringer tees out of five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ringer tee. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's funny. We keep talking about No Doubt. You know, this doesn't sound anything like No Doubt to me. No. And I remember when No Doubt happened, one of the biggest confusions for me was that people held up no doubt like they were a legit ska band mm-hmm. and like i had the specials record and i just was like what are, the fuck are we talking about like i get there's some influences i guess but it's yeah. not actually ska right it's certainly not og ska but it's not even like current ska it's no. it's it's something else entirely and then you read the uh fucking spotify write-up for this band and it says combining the best elements of american pump punk and british pop and i'm like yeah. <laughs> oh so in a sense this is to that what no doubt is to ska in that like yeah. i i believe these people have heard punk and brit pop before I'm, I'm sure they've heard those sounds but nothing about this directly references those things other than a couple of guitar chords here and there right and so yeah. um that's how i feel about this is like look if you're looking for you know what mike is is appreciating about like strange krishna stuff Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I'm a Prima guy. Give me that Prima, Prima, uh, old old Prima stuff. I, I think yeah. they did some stuff right before they broke up that might be really bad. But the original Prima stuff, I'm all about it. Uh, I wish I still had. I had some really old like uh, physical Prima stuff, and then I I got rid of it, and I regret that. I wish I still had all my old physical media, and I'm really bummed that I that I went through a period of of, of purging. 
Uh, and so I don't have that Prima stuff anymore, but, uh, you know, it's not perfect, but if I'm looking for weird Krishna stuff that I actually enjoy, I think that's more up my alley. However, I know there are people out there who like things because they're weird and in fact, sometimes want to put on stuff. So like I, I worked at a screen printing shop for a while and the guys there really liked, uh, to put on, um, it's five o'clock somewhere from YouTube that's been slowed down by a few seconds. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like off a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. they wanted, they always wanted to put it on at like noon, you know, and just run around the <laughs> shop. And I hated that shit. That's not for me. I don't, I don't, I don't like goofy shit like that. Like that's like, I, like you can call a lot of the shit I like sincerely goofy, but I don't like it because it's goofy. There's something else that appeals to me. If you're someone who likes to torture your friends with music, yeah. Let me highly endorse endorse this record. Like I think mm-hmm. this could be a fun joke for your friends and while, you know, it is kind of silly in a lot of ways, it's silly but it also has something interesting to it, which is the idea that like Krishna was part of New York hardcore. It it like became whether we're talking about Shelter but even before that with the Chromax guys and it was it was a part of New York underground culture, right? Yeah. That it was a part of hip hop. KRS One, uh, his original tag was because of Krishna guys. Like the mm. reality is, Krishna people gave out free food at a time when the Lower East Side was a fucking war zone. Yeah. Well, you do that long enough in a in a in a in a place where people are in need, people are going to jump on board, you know. And mm. I'm with y'all. The fact that people are still on board is even more interesting. And for if anyone is listening to this who's still super stoked on Krishna. I kind of want to know about that and not in like a in a diminutive way. I'm I'm curious because I'm confused how people are still on board with Jesus and that's in in <laughs> you, you know United States that that makes sense. That's part of the DNA of this shitty country. How did you, how do you still be on board with Krishna? I love that. And I and I and I think it's interesting because I think just like with Christianity people have adapted it to the world they're in now like yes i i'm with you mike wearing a bunch of nikes is not the krishna i grew up with right but uh but i am curious to know if if that's because folks are kind of like vaguely interested in it or maybe they've just come up with new ideas about what it means to be in it maybe they're pulling a a purcell where they just tour with those clothes and then they go back to the temple and change back into their temple clothes i don't fucking know so i I think all that is very interesting so i endorse it for that but when it comes to like what it's actually worth like i wouldn't even trade a half of a free bowl of lentils from the from the temple for this you know, like <laughs> I think, like you know, or or like the free cookies you would get sometimes from from the from the devotees. I, yeah. I, maybe half a cookie I would trade for this, not even a full cookie, because <laughs> Jesus, it's it's worth one of those smile <laughs> stickers. Let's say that one smile sticker. <laughs> there you have it. There's baby Gopal. Nice. Um, we will be back next week with a uh, very obscure band from upstate New York. It's kind of our bread and butter. It was uh, sent to us by Patrick. So uh, you know, maybe just tune out for that one because. Uh, you know, we haven't done an unpopular band in a very long time, so, so maybe yeah. you'll hate it. But you could uh, reach us at um, patreon.com slash first seven inch club. Get get us that Patreon money or uh, just check our Instagram at first seven inch club for all the other links. Thank you, Liam, so much. Check out Cinepunks. Do you have anything else to promote, Liam? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously head over to cinepunks.com. We have a whole network of shows. There's probably something there you're going to like. Check them out. Let us know what you think. And then I also do a t-shirt company called Rough Cut Fan Club. We just wrapped up a double feature of Demons and Possession. And uh, I think when this comes out, it won't be out yet. But we have a new drop on 
Thursday. So keep an eye out for that. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, mm. but it'll be interesting. So uh, check it out, roughcutfanclub.com. And Scott, do you have any last words? This podcast has sort of descended from a, a Facebook group that was kind of like if you took an Alan Jackson meme and hit it with electricity and it <laughs> came back to life. Uh, and it, I can't believe we made it 86 episodes and a guest had to bring up Alan Jackson for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost ashamed. Yeah. Until next week, fuck Charlie. Fuck Charlie. <laughs>